Hey everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Controllers Podcast. Episode 72 of the podcast. We have two games and a band for you today, but before, before we get into that, we're going to bust through our internet presence, whatever you want to call this mess we have on the front here. We'll try to get through it quickly. You can search for us by the podcast name on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. You know very well what all these things are by now because it's the internet. Uh, these are all places you can talk to us, communicate with us, just follow along uh, generally with what's going on with the podcast, what we're doing, what we're about to do, what we have done. We have a Twitch, an ongoing Twitch thing we're doing now. We're starting like a, I don't even call it another project, but it's the ongoing Twitch show or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> we're doing we're doing three smoking controllers co-op endeavors with our cousin Brian where we play through big well, I don't say big but just co-op games in general we've done Back for Blood and now we're messing around with uh, Dark Souls 3 uh, that'll be we're about to get into, we're pretty close to getting into the second and final DLC of that pretty soon so y'all should come check out what we're doing with Dark Souls it's been a lot of, a lot of fun we had a lot of really good sessions the past couple past couple of weeks I think some good stuff like coming back and tearing up a boss that was destroying us and just good runs through parts of the map. We're having a lot of fun uh, doing that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, we have a Patreon like every everybody else that makes stuff has. All a Patreon is is to get, you know, give money and support to the people who create things that you like. Do you like this? I don't know. But if you do, maybe you, maybe you want to give us money as a thank you for what we're doing with this podcast uh we also have a spotify playlist which i'll which i'll be adding to today you can find that by also searching the name of the podcast you start when you search on spotify both things the podcast itself come up and the playlist will come up as well uh right now behind me you're hearing some sort of music bed we have two sources for that right now if you want to be an additional person that plays during this music bed, we do take we do take submissions. If you have anything, if you're somewhat of a musician, uh, you can just email uh, email first, and then we'll you know I'll talk, and then we can you get to send me a an example or a full track, you know, with MP3 through email, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll get you on here. It'd be a lot of fun to do something like that for somebody. Uh, we have a store, uh, just a merchandise store, all the general stuff, shirts, uh, water bottles. Some pillows. I don't know. Some ranch stickers. I don't know. There's a bunch of random thing. Everything that I could slap our logo onto on that website, I just went ahead and did it. So that's always there. A little cross promotion. We of course have a second podcast, uh, Action the Movie Podcast, which has just come back from a little hiatus. Uh, new episode was out last week or the week before. It's hard to keep track. 
and we're about to record a new episode for that podcast as well. So if you want to hear Blake and our buddy Steve uh, chuck movies back and forth with each other and uh, talk about them in depth as compared to Blake's uh, try to more spoiler-free uh, sharing of movies on here or the other podcasts, they just they just go all the way into it and spoil everything, assuming you have watched the movie. You, of course, will promote Blake's story. He self-published on Amazon. You can find it by searching They Come This Night. It pops up right away. We appreciate anybody who, you know, buys that or just reads it and leaves a, a review of some sort. Any of that stuff helps the availability there's a word visibility visibility <clears throat> visibility of, of the story and stuff like that so that's all very good that's pretty much it you can find links to all these things in case you don't want to feel like searching our name just you know you're holding your phone in your hand right now just click on the episode scroll down click on any any one of these things and all the links to everything I just talked about is in the show notes for this episode with that said I guess we're going to get right into the First game we've chosen for the night. We, again, the struggle is not picking two Game Pass games. So we're yeah. trying to run through, run down the list of things we have purchased on our console to get some games on here that aren't Game Pass games. But every episode, I guarantee you, every episode is going to include at least one game from Game Pass. And we've done it again. So we got one game we've actually bought and then one game from Game Pass. So I'll let Blake get started with the first game. The first game we'll be diving into today is called Black the Fall. Now, it originally came out July 7th, 2017. It has since been made available on everything. It is developed by Sand Sailor Studios. They are based out of Burakest, Romania. And they've been around since 2014. Kind of doing nitpicky, smaller things. They've only managed to make two full games so far. Now, the first one was called Boss Guard. Never heard of it. It is an... How do you say? It's an isometrical 5v1 boss battle. Five people versus one of those type things. Kind of like the uh, Evolve or the Jasons and the Dead by Daylight. Yeah, but they're... they're, Is it like a big, big thing or is it like a... It's a small like it thing. Like it's like it, an, like it didn't didn't pan out maybe like they wanted to. I haven't even heard of it. Yeah, I, I don't think it. I think I think that's actually their second game. Actually, I think I misread or misinterpreted. That's the game they're currently working on. That's not out yet. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good job. Yeah, to, its release is to be announced. So I must have misread that. Anyway, and their first game being this. Which is, uh, like I said, Black the Fall. Uh, it is a 2.5D puzzler platformer, monochromatic 
puzzler platformer. Yeah, so I'm not sure if it's 2.5D. 2.5D is more like Little Nightmares, where you can move in and out of the background. This game, no matter you what... You can some, can't you? No, you are, you're always, you're always, oh, on, you're always on, on one a, plane. Yeah, you're always on a 2D plane in this. Okay. Yeah, I was waiting for something like that to happen. It does do a cool thing that I don't think I've seen too many times, is when you're running to the right, you will... But you're still only running to the right, but you will run... Kind of like a diorama. Kind of, kind of, kind of like a turn, you'll turn down a pipe or something like that, but the camera will turn and keep you as like a running to the right thing. So I still don't think that's uh, 2.5D because you're not moving. You don't. You can't move in a, a 3D plane. You can't move in and out. Kind of like my best example was like Little, Little Nightmares. Yeah, Little Nightmares. And, it's 2.5D. Yeah, Little Nightmares is good. Yeah, and uh, no, inside you don't even move up yeah, and down. Inside, do you? Yeah, so it's, inside's yeah. left and right, yeah. We're mentioned inside a few times on this one. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Because they classify themselves as a, as it being a 2.5D side-scroller. Hmm. Maybe we have the wrong definition of 2.5 then. Maybe. And the studio itself consists of uh, eight people. You know, it seems to be a pretty magical number for these smaller companies. I said, we don't know, we don't have, we don't know game development, but there's got to be like a certain number of like jobs you have to feel to make a video game. So there's gotta be like a certain number of people. That's like the, a sweet spot. Maybe we, we, we haven't seen it in a while, but we were seeing 22 a bunch of times. Like, Remember that while yeah. we were seeing 22, like two, three back to back. We we're like yeah. 22, 22, 22. I, um, do you want to talk? Well, first and foremost, Drew, uh, kind of the reason we're tackling this is like, I beat it and you didn't. Right. Yeah. But, I, that's not the reason we're tackling it. We're, we're tackling it to desperately cover a game that we've purchased yeah. and not uh, all Game Pass games. Uh, yeah, you did complete it, and I figured it was because uh, we're we're kind of we're kind of splitting ourselves trying to play different games and kind of find out which like you'll you'll play something good and be like you should you should you should play this or like I, I beat this so you should play this and I'll do the same thing I've beat this you should play this we're kind of spreading ourselves out trying to find different things to play you know just to, you know just to. We're just, we're just playing a whole bunch of stuff, oh, yeah. and we're trying to like only play things we've purchased until Game Pass announces stuff is leaving. So luckily, this past fifteen days, whatever, they only announced one thing that we remotely cared that about. We remotely cared about, and we and we did that. That'll come up later, um, not in this episode, but later. Um, so that's why we kind of want to pick one now. I don't initially remember we had a like um, in the future maybe start writing down when we buy something why we're buying it yeah that might help the podcast a little bit like we bought this uh probably for around the our our, our buying point is five dollars for for a game we know nothing about uh seeing it on sale uh for five we'll buy almost anything for five dollars oh yeah so if the ta is low enough if the if the, if the, if the ta ta score is low enough for us to and the Stuff like that. So that's usually the why. I, mean, I don't know what about the watching of this trailer of this game would make us want to um, get it, but we did. Well, the fact that it's TA is uh, 1100. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly why. We're like, oh, just, and it had a guide. Yeah. That's exactly uh, why. Wrapped up and stuff like that. For the, so I, so it, we're getting to the, the thing where I was, I'll say where I didn't beat this and, uh, and this is what the problem is of buying things with low TAs uh, just for the sake of a low TA. I keep we're, we're saying TA score. That's uh, the website True Achievements. If you haven't listened to the podcast before or or forgot what that means, uh, True Achievements is just a uh, really big website who tracks your achievements and ties a 
It tracks everybody who's on the website and it assigns a TA score to each individual achievement based on how many player, how many people have played that game and acquired that achievement. So a low TA score means a lot of folks, majority, the high percentage of people who have played the game have gotten these achievements. Uh, the perfect example is this has, like I said, we have an incredibly low TA of about 1,100. Uh, 70% of people who played this game 1K it. Yeah, I just I, I lower that number. I don't know if I'll go back. I don't know, but literally, um, be upfront about it. the reason I didn't do this is I got I was I, I just didn't like I just didn't like the game, which is fair. Not every game's for everybody. I didn't like it. I was bored. I didn't like the uh, just the precision everything takes in this game. It has that we'll mention it. It has that inside you know uh, limbo perfect jumps or touching this thing at the perfect time or ducking at the perfect time uh, repeatedly. Uh, I just didn't care about what was going on. Like where, where inside is much more mysterious about what is going on. Um, this game has uh, just Russian, is it Russian? Mm-hmm. Like insignias and just stuff just plastered all over the game. So you're just like, I get it. You think Russia's bad? Well, <laughs> these people survived the Russian occupation and yeah, separation from the country. This was their childhood. Yeah, I get that, but it's just I don't know. It, uh, maybe it's a, a game, like a it's a story type. I just mean I'm, I'm, a, I'm a spoiled bastard in America. I just don't care about Russian. I know there's a big the whole war thing happening now, but like the game just beats you over the head with it. Like repeatedly, like I guess, like I get it. Russia's bad. I understand, and then what, but it's like, but it tries to be vague sometimes. There's scenes of it trying to be vague, and then and then you walk through a room, and there's just the Russian paraphernalia just all over the walls. You're like, okay, I get it. And you, then it goes back into another room. And you're trying to be, what's happening? Like, well, you're trying to escape from this place. Apparently, like I just don't, I don't know. It just it just wasn't between that and the the annoying precision it was taking. Like, it was just a. Uh, this is just inside, but not interesting. That's my, my main issue with this. But you played it all the way through, so mm-hmm. you had to have liked something, or maybe you just were you just pushing through because of of the low, excuse me, the low TA. You gotta breathe when you talk. Sometimes yeah, it helps gotta, to gotta, breathe. I try to get my my whole sentence out in one breath, so I could take a breath and take a drink while you talk. It was okay. I mean, I, I'm not. I say I'm not a huge fan of. 2D size grows, but we play a bunch of them because they tend so to be. Because we have a friend of ours who has dabbled in game making, and the reason that 2D size growers are a constant is because they're so cheap to make. You only have to worry about like one plane, one direction. Yeah, it's just it's a much simpler and easier design for anything. Mm-hmm. It's actually the easiest. They're still insanely popular. Like they keep making them because they're easy, and people people still buy the hell out of them. And look at us, we did too. Yeah, i i I liked the I liked the aesthetic. I thought it was decent and cool. I like a an art style. Mm. Monochromatic. I mean, the game just looks. It just looks like inside. Yeah. I mean, they even really try to. That's the only thing I hate that they try to distinguish themselves from. Like, you can't play if you've played inside or seen inside. You can't look at this game. And be like, oh, these these developers clearly played inside. Oh yeah, inside. Limbo. I wish they kind of would have did their own. Like you said, art style. You like an art style. I wish I would have did something to make it look more like something. Something else. Yeah. 
I mean, gra- it, the graphics and stuff in the environments are fine. Like it, lo- it does look good. In some places, it might even look better than inside, because it's just going for that kind of a realistic kind of graphics. Like you're you're in normal environments, like warehouses and factories and stuff like that. Is mostly until you uh, get outside. Outside. <laughs> Should just be called outside. <laughs> Should call the game outside. That'd, that'd have been. They got sued so got quick. <laughs> sued really hard for that. Uh, yeah, I was surprised when you did eventually get outside, and you told me like when I quit, you're like, "Come on, you're like you're like three fourths of this game. You're like you're really at the." the end you really yeah so i don't know maybe i'll go back one of these days when i'm feeling real bored and really want to top off a top off a game maybe i'll go back to it get rid of the scar get rid of the scar we call it it's a game you play and don't complete it's called scars now uh okay we kind of talked about a little bit of the what the game is it is a dystopian depiction of the romanian and this is like the beginnings of the romanian revolution mm-hmm. essentially and you start out as a quote-unquote a machinist a person who literally you pedal a bike yeah to give energy to the yeah speaking of that country the first achievement did you do it right away it's like five minutes or something or two it's minutes. like 10 or 15 minutes you have like, to like hold this you go on this bike and you got to hold the hold down like X for us and he pedals and it's doing this counter and you have to like this machine's like it's like a press it's going fting 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 let's do that ten was it ten thousand times or something like I that I think it was like ten thousand steps or ten thousand counter things ten thousand counter and that literally the guy and the, the guy's like oh just hold your button down and look at your phone or something for ten to fifteen minutes and eventually the achievement will pop up I was like this is a bad way to I know they intended for you to. Maybe beat do the game it. and come back for it. Either beat the game and come back for it, or you do do a bike multiple times. Like That's just also a lot. There's nothing throughout the game where you do anything like that long enough that you need to, that you would ever be on a bike that long. Well, yeah. Well, the whole point was you have to you, you have to kill your guy. You work your guy to death. That's, but you don't even die. I thought that, I thought that was... That's the, the idea. That's, the, that's, what the, that's what the achievement says, I think. Like, mm-hmm. work to death, whatever the achievement says. But, uh, yeah, I didn't. Like I didn't. It's not what happened to me. No, I thought I, I thought it killed you. Yeah, well, that's that's what it's saying. Like working to death, whatever, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll look at the achievement, but it's just not what happened. So, uh, I thought that was a, just a weird. That's like other games we've had where, uh, like the first thing you do is the first thing you do is a, is a is a dumb achievement. It's usually kind of always, uh, rubs rubs you the wrong way. But then again, that's oh, yeah. that's us doing an achievement. That's you know people, the average the average player is it going to go for the achievements and is it going to stop for 15 minutes when the game starts to get an achievement so that's just that's that's on us and we have, we've had talks about achievements the path of achievements ruining taking, taking the fun out of out of certain games what game was that Ilya Ilya episode 1 well one of the achievements is like as soon as you start the game you have to like look out the observation window just stand there yeah you have to complete a full rotation around the planet you're looking at or whatever yeah, achievement's just called working class hero, and the, the the thing is ignorance is bliss. So, don't know. No, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I misread it. Anyway, yeah, I, I thought there was too when, when I said it, but you worked yourself to death. Anyway, do do. Uh, like we said, it's a platformer puzzler, and you get several tools as you go through, and this is where it kind of gets the inside feel, because your first thing is like a laser pointer. Mm-hmm. Where you can kind of like reflect off shiny surfaces only to like hit a switch or toggle something. 
Well, so it's it's a laser. So it's not hitting the switch. You're hitting like other other people that are able to be controlled, and some of the guards and stuff have it too. So you shoot your little laser pointer at a person, and they they, they kind of like stand up. They're like ooh, and they stand up, and then you have a thing, and you point your laser at a, a switch or a bike or anything like that, and they'll run and interact interact with that. Is what usually is most is all really all it does. And you have the laser pointer. Your laser pointer itself is detachable, and you can use that as like a, a steady beam onto an a switch to allow you to do some other stuff and come back. And most of the time, you come back for it, or you leave it, and then like a scene or two later, you steal another one off somebody that's dead. Usually, yeah, I kind of wish it was um, it would have moved on from that mechanic. We talk about we talked about like um, it takes two. It takes two, like constantly moving on from mechanics. I thought I was hoping like when you put the laser into the thing, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm like because I didn't like the laser. Yeah. So you put yeah. it in the put it in the machine, like okay, cool, I'm done with this. And no. And then the guy's like, yeah, open the door and fetch your laser. I was like, oh, I'm not done with this. This is gonna be a whole, a whole game it's kind of thing. A whole game. Whole game kind of mechanic that I just didn't I didn't care for. Um, Besides the the laser pointer, it being both detachable and not. You have the mind control of people, and then one of the last things you get is you get a little pet robot. Yeah, but what's the robot controlled by? The laser pointer. Laser pointer. <laughs> yeah. So the annoying parts about this sometimes is uh, you deal with a lot of guards, guarding areas, walking around, standing in places. It involves timing to get around them, and then there's cameras with a little red lights. That red cone. You get a little cone you got to stay out of. So. The cameras can see your laser for some reason, and it's bad that they see your laser, even though the lasers, as far as the camera, like the only person that has a laser besides you is guards, and so how do they know when they see your laser that you're a bad laser to them? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, so they can't fire your laser in, into the cones, and then uh, then your a lot of some of the other stuff is like dealing with an enemy cone, and then like getting timing a laser pointer shot to get somebody to run to get somebody you're controlling to run to a certain place in, in, in a in a window of time and you also get to you you use people as cannon fodder like you get them killed or get them captured so that you can sneak by yeah your guys has no remorse for anything he's doing no you're your guy you're just a guy right so there's no talking in this game none even in the background there's like um like speeches like these, these guys on big screens giving speeches and it's just like rah, 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 rah. like it's not even i don't even think it's not even speaking russian it's well, just like some of it is some like, of it is russian okay it, it just sounded like i mean i've heard russian before it just didn't sound like anything it's particularly a fella named uh nikolai chuchescu chuchescu which was the uh, the dictator of the Communist Party from 65 to 89. He was the last communist leader of Romania. So this was his fall. So it was actually part, some of his actual speeches were used. Maybe it was some background stuff that I just wasn't hearing. Because I've heard like Russian like movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, but there, there's no... There's no, it's just all visual. Most of this is all visual storytelling, like like the like this genre of these kind of games tends to do. I did find, because as you play through the game, there's hidden achievements, and that requires you to kind of jump off the beaten path a little bit. Like, ooh, let's go into this air event that you're not supposed to go into. And they, every time I got to a hidden achievement, maybe I'm stupid, or it was like a hidden resistance. But I, I was like, I don't get it. 
This is usually folks just hiding out somewhere. Yeah, hiding out, you're watching TV, eating some chips and something. It was, I guess, like, you know, the risks, but I didn't really get the hidden achievements a bunch. They weren't, they weren't doing anything really. They're just they're hiding. Yeah. So I don't know. That's supposed to be. I don't know. Representing really. Everything kills you in one hit, just about two. You insta kill. If you miss a jump, you die. You get shot by. You get shot, crushed, burnt, beat up. You get a bunch of deaths. Yeah. None were as brutal as inside, really, being your throat ripped out by, by a dog. Yeah, you're mostly just shot and blown up in this. Mm-hmm. Now, shot quite a few times. Now, like the game itself was actually kickstarted. Really. So they had got, they got about seventeen hundred people that backed them, and they needed I don't know the the Russian dollar what it's called whatever the Russian money is mm-hmm. but they needed twenty five thousand and they and they made over twenty eight mm-hmm. so they they hit their goal and then a little extra and so as you can tell the the game came out yeah it so, came out it's real <laughs> so we're all hunky dory now the game itself really ain't long like Drew gets through games faster than I do. Yeah, I tend to, except, except when I quit a game. I play it, so again, we're going to keep mentioning TA because it's, it's one of our biggest sources of data. TA has it averaging between two and three hours. I played right under two hours. I didn't beat it, though, so I played right, right, right under two hours. So I well, probably would have been within the two to three hour range. Well, the two, uh, two or three hours is if you manage to get everything perfect. And like you said, some of the timing yeah. on it requires... Oh, yeah. There's no wiggle room for something. That's the perfection. That's that's everybody. That's the average reported average of everybody who's beat the game. So not everybody's run, not. There's a lot of folks that run, run this perfectly. So that's not a yeah. So these the TA, the TA times are usually mostly affected by games that have dialogue. There are achievement hunters that will run through games with dialogue and skip all the dialogue. So those times can be inaccurate for people like me and Blake who actually play the games. For stories, but there's no story in this. I feel like the two to three hours of running through and dying. I mean, like you said, I was I was almost done, and I was right at two hours. So I, I bet I would have had it within the next hour, maybe. Probably, I got mine at uh, mine's four point five. Airship's always higher though. But like, walking the dogs and forgetting to pause or reading the guide itself. Yeah, you always average a little higher. I'm a slow reader. So. I kind of you, the game itself doesn't change a whole bunch, and the story is like you said, it's a it's the beginning of a revolution. Now, one of the coolest things in the game, spoilers if you do plan on playing this game, which I don't know if we've talked it, you know, talked it up a whole bunch, and I do apologize because people don't set out to make boring games or bad games. It just didn't speak to me, mm-hmm. and it's ah, uh, you beat it though, yeah. But the, one of the last things you get to do. Which I kind of wish there had been a build-up to getting more and more of this, but it, you kind of get to finally enact the power fantasy that you've been waiting for the entire game. Mm-hmm. Which you get into, and of course, it's a a janky power fantasy, but you manage to get because it's uh, one of these uh, looks like a. Uh, is it a robot that looks like it's from 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 a Robocop? Yeah. You have to get it. You get you get in one of those. At the things? very at the very end of the game, you get in one that's been decommissioned. So it's it's like got a, it's like missing one of its foot, so it has a janky limp, and it's like running low on battery power. But you have enough to because you've I guess essentially the whole point is you've you start a revolution or a revolution has started, 
and you get to you don't do... seem like you don't seem like you're important at all. No, but as the game's on, people are running. But in this final bit, people are like throwing Molotov cocktails, and the guys are like sh- shooting back. And then you get to go in this broken giant mech, two-legged mech, and you walk through a township and you blast down a, a wall, and everyone breaks free. Of course, you shoot down the wall just in time for your machine to run out of power and fall down. So you get to limp out of on your human self because you're. But you, it's kind of a cool little power fantasy, but. Yeah. Because it's, it's been a good part of it. I played the parts of the game where you're avoiding the avoiding the machine, the robots. But the, avoiding the robots is like the thing is about the avoiding the robots. It's like more of like a, a palette swap, if anything, because you're just avoiding them like you were avoiding guards or something. Yeah. Particularly special about them. They just shoot you if they see you. Yeah, I mean it was, it was okay. It was easy, and I took it. I think it took me like two days, two like settings, two settings to get through it. Yeah, that was it. I'm like, ah, we got it. We paid for it. Oh, we got the achievement. You should go back and get it. Yeah, it's a it's normally uh, fourteen ninety nine, which is way too high for a three hour game. Uh, I know our 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 opinions on this fluctuates based on whether we like a game or not, but uh, length comes into play. I think fifteen dollars is probably too high. Yeah, this should, oh, be a, this should be a ten dollar game, at for mo- sure. At most, probably, because there's some folks like me. I should have uh, sat with this in one sit. Some people, some people will sit with this in one sitting and get to the whole thing. Especially somebody unlike me who who maybe bought bought this game and just d- doesn't care about achievements. They wouldn't be doing all the side stuff. They'd be playing straight through and not taking any of the side paths. Probably at least not on purpose. And they would be uh, definitely beat this in one sitting. So I can't say I'll go back and. Uh, finish this but we'll see if I ever feel like it's time to go back and wrap it up one late night if I don't know what to play or something like that uh, do you got anything else to say about it no not really um it was, it, you know it, it was what it was maybe other people will get more out of it when they can actually connect to the source material alright we'll move on to our Second game of the evening, which is a game that had left game, was leaving Game Pass, so we rushed to play it. And it's almost the exact opposite. It is a, I don't say 3D, but it is, it's an action adventure, brightly colored, very cheerful. It, um, it's called Dodgeball Academia. Dodgeball Academia originally came out August 5th, 2021. So it's it's kind of newish. Now it is developed by Pocket Trap, which is a based out of Sao Paulo, Brazil. And they've been around since 2013. I like, I like getting all these games from other countries. It's really cool. Everything, oh, yeah. everything don't have to be like American or Japanese. We have developed. I mean, I, we've, we talked about a lot of games from all over the world. It's cool to just be, keep getting these games from all, all over the place. And it's funny because when we get into it, you'll see the, the the inspiration that you know other countries inspire other countries, but it's similar values almost. If that makes sense. Yeah. So they've made they're a ten-person team, 
and right now they've only made two games. This second game is um, it's called Ninjin, the Clash of Carrots, and now it's a game that they are they are working on. At the same time that working on this game, it's being made into a Cartoon Network slash HBO Max TV show. <laughs> okay, and it's uh, that's a, that's. That's weird because I feel like Dodgeball Academia would have made, would have made a great little cartoon. Uh, me too. Why did that not get it? Why is this? Why is their new game get a TV show? But the one that just clearly looks like it should be a TV show isn't a TV show. Maybe they're working towards it. I don't know. Because uh-huh. I, I, as stupid as it is, I'd watch it. Mm-hmm. It was it was fun. And so, like Drew said, it's uh, we talked about it a second ago. It's vibrant. It's very bright. It's very got very Saturday morning. Well, you could, you could finish. Is there more to say about Ninja? You kind of, I kind of, I kind of no, kind of it's literally you. just like a. There's really not much available for it right now because mm-hmm. it's being worked on, but it's just called Ninja Clash of Carrots. So I'm assuming that you're a ninja, vegetables a ninja, or carrots. Uh, oh yeah, ninja, 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 ninja vegetables. Mm-hmm. Okay, that'll be silly. Yeah, so it's Cartoon Network slash HBO Max. So I did. I guess one. I guess HBO or WB owns Cartoon Network or something. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know without looking into it. Yeah. But we said uh, it's bright, vibrant, colorful. It's got a very Saturday morning cartoon feel. Very, very, very like very. um, I'll say very Steven Universe. Like I haven't watched a lot of Steven Universe. Yeah. But it's bright, vibrant characters, and I guess I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I, I could say like Steven Universe Adventure Time almost. But it, it doesn't look like Adventure Time. Yeah, I'd say okay. So maybe, maybe Steven Universe is probably. But it has that. that I mean, it's not. It's not dark. Like it's not dark like Adventure Time. True. Well, I mean, Steven Universe gets dark too. I'm told. Yeah. But it is it itself is a sports RPG. Yeah. As you can tell by the title. And, and it, it's, it, it's it's in the school by the second part of the title. Yes, and <laughs> it is very very anime. Yeah. Very Japanese anime. <laughs> well, trying it doesn't look like an anime, but like no. it's it's got that kind of a vibe. It's it's, it's like something that would like <clears throat> any anime or cartoon show you've seen based on a sport of any kind. Now I'm guaranteed there's a, a dodgeball anime out there there's somewhere. Several. There's a really big one right now that's dodge. No, it's volleyball. But it still, might be a dodgeball one too. This is this is exactly like if you would think of a dodgeball anime. This would be what it would appear to be. Yeah. Now, one of the main reasons we were able to get the 1K, I got the 1K in this in about 12 hours. You know what yours was? Mine was nine and a half. Which is fair. <laughs> Reading, walking dogs, possibly falling. Average of a, average on TA of six to eight hours. So I did it a little over. I think I was fooling around somewhere. I did some stuff. Fooling around or reading? Well, I didn't read. I didn't read for an extra hour. I feel like I feel like I'd done some stuff that didn't needed to be doing doing or something like that, and spent some time maybe leveling up or I don't know what I was doing. But anyway, well, one of the thing, one of the th- reasons we were able to beat the game, uh, the game itself is relatively easy, but it can be extremely difficult at times. Is from the get go, there is um, accessibility features, which are our favorite modern game convenience. <laughs> Oh yeah, they allow you to enjoy a game to its fullest within a limited time. Yeah. Say so this game we probably would not have beaten without accessibility. We would have gotten sick of uh probably sick of getting our butts kicked with dodgeball if we didn't have accessibility features. Well, for for a game 
called Dodgeball Academia. Your damage numbers and stuff like that is when you hit somebody with a dodgeball, you don't obey the rules of dodgeball and knock them out. You have to hit their, their HP bar. HP bars, yeah. And so, dodgeball RPG. And so part of the accessibility is you can boost the your damage output by, what, 200? No, so, Two, three, or four hundred percent. I think it's yeah. I think it's yeah. So you 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 damage it. You damage it. You increase it to an extent to where you are hitting folks with a dodgeball and they're out. Like you're just like you're blasting fools with mm-hmm. your dodgeballs. People say this might not be fun. Uh, to me, it felt more like how dodgeball should be played. I know this is like an RPG with HP and stuff, but like hit somebody in the face with a dodgeball and they go flying off the screen. In yeah. one in one sh- one big throw, it just seems like it makes more sense to me. Anyway, I'm not even trying to. Ju- I'm not, I don't know, it's not like I'm trying to justify the accessibility. We've said many times on this podcast, we'll take an easy way out on certain games. Yeah, and it does. Like I said a second ago, it does give us the chance to experience. That's the whole point of accessibility features: is to get somebody to experience a whole game that they would have they would not have originally get to experience. Like neither one of us would have beat this without these features. We, you know, I, gu- I guarantee it. I wouldn't have done it all. We may we may have given up or gotten tired of. It. Like I get it. I get the game. Yeah. Because yeah. a game like this, I could definitely see being, if I didn't use it, accessibility. If I didn't use the accessibility feature, I could see it being like fifteen twenty hour. Yeah. Easy. And I think it drug, then, a little, drug a little bit on the end anyway. Yeah, I kind of did. And because it's really. Not until about three quarter of the way through, there's not really a way to train and grind out levels. Like, as long as you fight everything, yeah. But well, there's a set number of fights usually in there. Exactly. There's a set number of fights per chapter, so there's literally a max level that you can be until later, where there's that uh, uh, underground arena. The arena, yeah. Uh, also, in that accessibility is increasing your damage, and then there's increasing your defense uh, to a point where you always take. Uh, you take no damage no damage and then there's like certain events where you have to you'll take one there's like these uh teachers classes where you gotta take uh it's weird because the guy tells you gotta take off your accessibility features because there's these these like um challenges and the accessibility accessibility features that is a tough word to say over and over again accessibility (laughs) uh they kind of negate or mess with the challenges. So you have to turn them off to like, to like, to like do the challenge. It's not, that it's not hard, but it's just like it, 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 it screws up the, uh, the challenges. But anyway, so you can be, uh, you can spend majority of the game invincible and just chucking balls at people like a madman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said earlier you get, we have a pretty eccentric cast of characters. Everyone's all kind of loot weird and funny and just, and then characters. And what does the game not have for this eccentric cast of characters? Voice acting. Yeah, it would have been, would have been something good. Even if it was just little chip voices, but yeah, there's none at all. Nothing. Whatever. I love, I love to see them hollering their special dodgeball attacks and just everything. Oh, yeah. Which would have been like when you look at it, you could just feel like it, it needs to be. People need to be screaming while they're playing dodgeball. Yeah. You know, it needs to be and all the characters. The art, the art has so much personality to it. Like oh, all yeah. the people have such exagger, exaggerated features, and everybody just looks a certain way and does a certain thing. Lack of voice acting, like the general sound of the game. The game has a sound to it, like mm-hmm. the way it sounds. It, it just would have been again, the, again a ten-person team. I get it, but man, it would have benefited greatly from a, a voice cast because there's not so much dialogue. Because this is this isn't a, really a big talky-talky game. You know, there's a lot of story. 
you know, about what's going on and stuff like that and, wh- and what you're doing and all that, all that fun stuff. But it's not so much talking that it would, it would have been that hard to voice act. Especially with 10 people, you got to be like, you got some friends and families or you... <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm guessing that we experience no games that have voice acting of friends and family or even rarely the developers that there's a, maybe it's a taboo or there's just some reason that you, the small developers just decide to not use people they know for voice acting. There's always the, the fact that using random folks that, cause, vo- cause you can't just walk into a booth unexperienced and yeah. sell a genuine performance. So I, I get that. I, I'm assuming that's a lot of why we don't see, we're like, you know, bringing your friends or family or just like get John in the office to say a few lines. I, I just, maybe it's because it, maybe they think it would ruin the vibe of what they're trying to do. Yes and no, but then you look at Hellblade. Yeah, Hellblade. She was a placeholder and then she became the role because she did such a fantastic job. Yeah. So now she's you like know, a face of the company now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't so know. But, never, but, but maybe, that, maybe that's one in a million. It pro- I'm sure it is. I'm, I'm just saying she's, they're the exemption to the rule, but. You never know. There's a reason, but I mean, I don't know. Like if Black the Fall can get a Kickstarter and get some stuff done, surely you don't. Something like Dodgeball, I could even could have kickstarted some voice talent. Yeah. Anyway, we, we I know we could bitch and moan about it, but it's just like we're we're in the modern era. Like people people are so multifaceted. Like these people don't have any sort of way to do it. Well, and like I said, like I said, such a flamboyant cast of characters that just really needs oh yeah some some voice personality behind them like, i'm not gonna go into all the characters really because there's a, a huge bunch cast, yeah so many characters but we can kind of stick with your main we'll do the main bro and his name's otto mm-hmm. and like the game so we they, the game starts with him you know hopping off the school bus and da, 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 da. it's orientation day and then every student at orientation gets to touch the the great dodgeball of destiny which is a dodgeball that was thrown thousands of years ago and is still glowing with with the person. dodgeball that's thrown so hard into this rock that it's still spinning into this rock however was it thousands of years i don't know if it was thousands i of think years. it was it was hundreds it this was a while mystical ago. dodgeball is still spinning and floating into this rock and that whenever you touch it, it awakens your latent abilities and unlocks your true potential as a dodgeball player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so it's pretty awesome. And of course, as it goes through, you have characters that... Standard stuff. You have like electric, fire, ice, healers, and stuff like that. that you know, standard cast of, of any sort of RPG element. Now, you spend the... In- you, the entire game you're on a school campus. Like I think one of the furthest things you go is like the school parking lot. Up into up into the up into, up into well, well, the forest. Well, no, further the mountains probably the furthest you go away. But from it's the still school. technically school property. All of it's school property, which because, is because, tr- because of the, in the forest, the little science little science lab is mm-hmm. they do experiments for school. Yeah, so it's all school property. But the, like but the gen, like centralized school area, I think the furthest you get is you go up the mountain, which is really just a thing like the radio tower where they. For the school where they do the announcements, I guess, or something like that yeah. for the school. So like it's all it's all you're all, like you never leave anything that's you you don't ever leave school campus. There's never anywhere you go that's not part of the school. We we What's kind the of school's name, Dodgeball Academy. I don't, I don't know. know. I think I had a name of some sort. I don't remember it all either. I don't know why I asked the question. I know I clearly know we knew, neither one of us has the answer to. Narp. 
because you are led to believe there's so like a school has to perform uh, to a certain like you have to keep winning you have to like win this dodgeball tournaments to keep access whoever is the winner of the tournaments has keeps that mystic dodgeball like that passes to the school so in order for the school to keep its reputation and keep that mystic dodgeball they have to win these uh, win these tournaments yes and you don't even do that tournament like you do the internal, like you only play the internal tournament to decide who's going to go do the other tournament. Maybe they're planning on making a sequel. That's possible, but there's a lot of build up to that. Um, <clears throat> do uh, we, we talked about like have there being set number of like fights and counters or whatever in each chapter? Do you want to kind of go into that because you had some vibe you wanted to talk about? Oh, you can just, you can just say it. Uh, when you're walking up, when you're running around, running around this game, the, the soundtrack kind of helps helps us too. Um, when you're you're walking around, and you're like talking to folks and, run, and running past folks, and they're stopping you and talking to you, and and the way the way they're talking and the way things are playing out, you're like you start getting kind of like this. Well, me and Blake especially got it. You start getting this familiar vibe, and like you can maybe can't place your finger on it right away. But then you notice because the game doesn't play the same way, but the way you run around and the way you encounter folks and the way they like spit out a line at you when you talk to them. It has a very strong uh, Pokemon vibe to it, which I found very strange for a game that's not a, a monster collecting game. But like everything about it, just like the, the way it, the way, the way the game move, the way you move about, you know, you know, how, how do you explain it? Like the way you're, cause you just walk with somebody and they have, they pop up, an arrow pops up, and they run over to you and they got something to say. And then like, now let's battle. You do a dodgeball and then you beat them and they say something sad after you beat them. You they know, have a little like, defeated animation. But the, but, the, but the music changes and, the, and it shifts to the battle area. Like it all has like this strange, I just found it like, why, why didn't this developer make some sort of monster collecting game if they wanted to have this kind of vibe, you know, you noticed it too as well. You had, you had, you had to have noticed the, uh, the way the game moves around and the way it oh, shifts yeah. between battles and the way the, I just thought it was very, I was like, I was like, like, I like, like for a while I was like, these guys should just like make, they care so much about Pokemon. Clearly. They're definitely influenced by uh, the, why, why didn't they just, and now granted, maybe it's harder to make a big Pokemon. I mean, there's a couple of other people trying these days. There's Nexamon and stuff like that. And then Tim Tim is about to come out or just come out for Xbox. But I'm not saying a small company can't like, draw up a bunch of monsters and do them and do it and do a pokemon clone pokemon clones are happening all the time now so oh, i wonder yeah. why i wonder if, wonder if they have one if they're trying to like get a foothold get a foothold in the industry maybe they maybe do a, maybe do a pokemon clone because you could definitely tell like you said with the walking up and the hey let's battle and like it's anytime you walk in front of them they get the exclamation point and they have to run and talk to you yeah. like it's it's a trainer battle but yeah. it's a dodgeball team yeah now one of the weird things i I didn't like about combat is every now and again, it did combat where normal combat, but then when you knock somebody out, they would go into the end zone, but it would behind you. And I found that but that it, complicated and made things take so much longer. Yeah. It just, it stops. Like, so let's say you're, you're facing three people and you knock one out the whole thing stops and they run behind you. Cause it's so they can like catch balls that you miss and try to hit you in the back. Yeah. But like, that's whatever. Like, how about you didn't have to stop the match? Like, have them, 
have them like fall fly out and then keep the match going and let them run around the border and run to the back. Yeah, or just yeah, let like, them stop loop. stopping the match. And it's the whole the whole rest of the game does this. A good chunk of it near it after a certain point and it just it's it's just a screeching halt in the fight. It kind of kills your flow and it restarts the dodgeball match. And you know, it just I didn't like that. Yeah. It's supposed to like increase cuz you get into some matches where like that's the whole point where it's like it's literally like a 5v your team or eight versus your team mm-hmm. and they have five people already starting in the in the uh, outbox end zone whatever you want to call it and then three of their team and it was just obnoxious the back and forth and I that's the, my biggest complaint is I hated I, I liked everything else about the game the majority of it but that I hated that they would come to a screeching halt genuinely hated it because like the games, the, the, the dodgeball is so like bombacious. They were like the battle would start, battle start, and balls are flying, and things get all because it's like exciting, exciting, exciting. And you knock somebody out, and it's like scrrrr. Let this guy walk over here real quick, and Re- we'll and we'll every- start and we'll start back up. Like, but it's, it's yeah. so it's so much build up, and then it just bam. Like, and I, I know we're, re- we're repeating ourselves, but it's just like it's so jarring and kind of like ruins the momentum, like you said, of everything. I just wish. It's unnecessary, like to stop the match to have them walk around. Like I just can't believe that was part of something they wanted to do and how they and it, and like I said, it's the it's the whole it's ninety percent ninety percent of your battles do that. Oh yeah. Now we talked about a bunch of the different areas and kind of traversal and exploring, uh, but we didn't talk about one of my the wackiest and also one of my favorite parts of the game, besides the combat, of course, and the characters and. Generally, the actually the soundtrack was actually kind of catchy and fun too. Mm-hmm. Uh, composer Leonardo Lima uh, out of Sao Paulo, Brazil, and he's done two other games. He did another game called Wild Out, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't know anything about that. I didn't do enough research into that. I just know that his name and it was fun music. And the, the yeah, there's a whole soundtrack you can get. Mm-hmm. And uh, but. Uh, part of your traversal besides just kind of like running around and you can jump you have some platforming because you charge you to get some of these things it's not like plat. well I guess there's the mountain part the only real platforming is, section uh, yeah I was gonna is, get to that is the mountain yeah but is in order to run in the game is you hold B and your character rolls himself up into a ball and I'm gonna say a reference I don't think anyone's gonna know but similar to Rico from Mucha Lucha, which was an old Saturday morning cartoon where the main character, it was Luchador cartoon. And the main character's special move was Ricochet's ricocheting pinball, where he rolled himself into a ball and bounced around the arena. And that's the first thing that popped in my head. I don't think anyone else probably knows that cartoon from back in the day. I don't, I don't even know it. But basically, all I mean, your character rolls himself into a ball, and then the, the more you hit the, the B button, the run button, is he speeds up. And there's actually an achievement for going so fast that you hurt yourself. Yeah. But you can't do that unless you turn access- accessibility off, which I didn't realize. So it was literally the last achievement that I got instead of the first. Yeah, because it ne- negates the achievement. So I like how you chose an obscure, what, 90s cartoon yeah. when we're on a, a video game podcast. And you could be like, he rolls into a ball like Sonic, or he rolls into a ball like, more mostly like Sonic, or he rolls into a ball like Samus or anything like that. You're like, no, I'm going to choose this random cartoon that nobody else saw. Well, because this feels more like a cartoon than it is a video game to me. That's yeah. the first thing. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Funny. Yeah, I wrote that down too. I thought what are the strange. characters rolling the, ball, rolling the balls? You got Samus and Sonic. What else you got? What, does it matter beyond Sonic? I mean, realistically, Sonic is the character that rolls into a ball. 
Well, same, mil- as, same as I don't, don't even do it for speed usually. I could be like a sand true or mill tank using both oh, Pokemon vibes, mill tank using rollout and wrecking you in Goldenrod City because everyone knows that pain. For any, any Pokemon, like we used to Jigglypuff, Jigglypuff, and like wrecked a bunch of fools with a rollout. Yeah, <laughs> over overly powered. But anyway, uh, yeah, the roll, the rolling thing was funny. The only thing I like about it is you had very little control when it came. You couldn't turn or anything or no, stop. It was just a straight line. And like every time you touched anything, it would bounce off of it. So it was fun yet and tedious at the same time. I kind of would love just to have a little bit of just having a regular sprint, maybe. Yeah, or something, or like a hop skip, or. But um, like we talked about earlier, probably the the platforming is entirely un unnecessary until one area, mm-hmm. and it shoves it all into that one area, and that was uh, annoying because that was platforming jumping across. Of course, it's ice, so everything's kind of slippery. Why wouldn't it be? So you have to hop across these platforms. That your controls become kind of floaty and loose. That's because that's because the jumping and yeah. stuff is floaty and loose. And then you had to do the rolling mechanic and stuff in ways you've never had to use it before. You had to like roll down ramps and hit jumps and jump over to here. And then like it was That's the only area you have to do it. And then and as you go up that place, you can push crates down to create shortcuts, which you and didn't it, know it, until I told you. Yeah, I've told completely avoid it, missed that. I, I don't know what I wasn't doing that, but you only go back to the area like one time. Anyway, you only go you only go back to the radio tower one time anyway, so it wasn't. Wasn't all that bad. And the jumps weren't like the hardest freaking, like the jumps in Black to Fall were way they were more, more, precise, ma- and more, more, more precise and difficult than this was. I mean, you have a little bit of leeway in this. You weren't falling to your death or anything like that. Yeah. Now, speaking of more like anime cool functions and stuff like that is every character, which of course with the accessibility feature, I only got to see it like twice just because you're winning the fight so, so quick. But everyone... Everyone has a special ability, a big special ultimate finisher move. And some of them are kind of cool because I saw a couple enemies do stuff on me. And eventually some of the enemies became your friends, your your companions. Like there's like a water tornado or a big firestorm, meteor storm. But your main character, of course, does a dodgeball kamehameha. More of a, more of a Hadouken, more right? Of a, more of a Hadouken, really, yeah. Like a big flashier Hadouken. But yeah, your character is literally. I like the first time he does it, it sputs out, nothing happens. You know, it's, it's a big old thing. He goes, yeah, and he goes, boo, and he goes, poof, and nothing happens. <laughs> His hands sizzle and smoke, and the ball just falls and rolls. Yeah. But it's pretty fun. Like, the, the game is very self aware, it's very comedy and self aware. Again, it's like another country who has grown up watching anime and they inspired to make an anime based game. It's exactly what you think it is. And it's just fun. I had a yeah. plenty of... Only, only other note I wrote down for this, considering how bright and happy most of the game is, uh, your Otto's dad you talk to occasionally is, like, really awful. Oh, he's awful. But that's part of... Like, I, I, we're being vague because we don't want to ruin what little story there is. But well, there's, there's a lot of talking and a lot of... A yeah. lot of things like the little ro- the little robot invasion. There's, like, there's lots, lots of things that happen. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happens. But... Yeah, your dad's disappointed in some of your life choices and wants you to follow his path. And he's real, like, real mean. <laughs> real mean real about mean, it. Like, in front of people, like, talking down to you and something like that. Like, it was bad enough that I wrote it down. Like, I don't, like, I don't write things down that, like, really make a point to me. And I wrote that down. I was like, this dude is, like, 
as Otto's dad is terrible. Like he's like the meanest. He's the meanest dude in like the whole. Like you, you like you got goofy mean guys in school, but you're like your dad is like his dad's the worst. Like the meanest worst person in the entire game. There's nobody as bad as your dad. There's no. There's no like even like quote unquote any villains we have in the game are somewhat innocent in the scheme of things. Your dad's just an ass. It's like you remember way back episodes when we first talked about uh, again another pokemon reference when we talked about sword and shield Mm -hmm. and how champion leon just tore in the hop with that single lines like you're too busy practicing how you throw your pokeballs opposed to practice how to fight your pokemon you're like oh he says that in front of a group of people it's it's like that thing when like um but it's like that every time your dad talks to you and it doesn't matter who's in the room he just cuts into you it's it's pretty bad yeah it's like those things, like you said, when we were a kid, like you're a kid, if you're like, you get like a, you get a, your parent, like the parent yells at, like you're, the, you're at a friend's house and their parents scream at them in front of you and you're like, oh, I don't think I should be here. I should be here like, for kind, this. kind of moments, yeah. yeah. I have a memory of when I was a, a kid, one of the first times I saw, I'm going to share this story, one of the first times I saw Final Fantasy VII, I was at this kid's house. Were you there with me? I don't remember Yeah, we were there. there. That was one of Mama's. Like work friends or something co-workers like Co-workers or... Like, they had a kid. We were there. He's playing Final Fantasy VII. We're like, oh, this is like the coolest game I've ever freaking seen. Who knows? That game was changing my life as I was watching it. Oh, yeah. Just, just riding around. Thinking back on it, the kid was lost as hell. Didn't know what he was doing. Had no idea. But anyway, he gets back and he's fighting the Megar, Megar, Megar Zolum. And he's like fighting it. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get you, you bastard. Whatever he says. He says, bastard. And one of his parents hear it. And <laughs> he pauses the game. Takes him to the room. And they beat the shit. They spank the hell <laughs> out going, of him. Ah! Just beat the loving shit out of that kid, and he comes back and sits down and just unpauses the game and continues playing. I was like, "Oh, we're sitting there like, man, shit, this, this game sure is cool, man." Like it was just like one of those like a big big memory I have, like my first memory of Final Fantasy Seven. Is that a kid who he was, he was our age or maybe a little younger? I don't remember. Yeah, we were they were watching us that night. So we were still living in our hometown, so I had to have been. Yeah, you were young. I was younger than seven. Yeah, that's funny though. But I had that distinct memory. I can hear them. I can still hear him screaming. He's like, yeah, he says, "Take that, you bastard!" Because he's fighting the big guard's and lands a good hit, and his mom just snatches him up. Where <laughs> his dad? <laughs> I can't remember which parent it was. You can hear him beating the shit out man. Rough. I wonder where that kid is now. I don't know. I do remember. Hope you beat. Hope you beat Final Fantasy Seven one day. Hope it got past the Midgar Zolum because he was lost. Like he was so lost. Like, I remember. My memory is him driving around in the buggy and stuff like that. And then like and then later, like later in my life, and I played that game, and I, and I always had those memories of like the places he was driving around the buggy. And I was like, you would never go this way with the buggy. Like I just don't understand why you'd be over here with the buggy. We were we were older than him when we finally played it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so yeah. maybe. It's funny. I do have that exact, exact memory. We were just at their house. That was great. Anyway. So sometimes parents can be terrible. Oh, yeah. Just in general. Sometimes. Maybe don't beat your kids in front of their friends. Yeah. Don't don't overreact to the word bastard. Yeah. It's not that big a deal. Anyway, if he was using some bad language, it's different. Yeah, maybe. But, like, maybe talk to him in another room or... Take him further away. Or maybe don't beat him as Don't hard. take him in the next room adjacent to the living room. And we can <laughs> hear. lay waste to his butt. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, it's the end of that story. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot more to add without like. Just swollen things, I cause, guess. Because well, I could talk about all the characters and how fun they were. But like it's. You, got any, you have a. Like, I didn't. Otto was like the happy-go-lucky there to win mm-hmm. kind of. 
I don't want to compare him to like Naruto or anything. He wasn't annoying like Naruto is, but he was just like the. He wasn't like I'm maybe the best. he was more he like was Deku. Just, like, he was just like ready, ready to go, ready to, ready to just. He was he wasn't bragging about how good he is or anything like that. He was just he was, he was just, just very, excited to be there. Excited and... to be there because otherwise he wasn't going to get to play dodgeball. Like yeah. he was just excited to be there. So Otto was okay. Uh, you only have you only have two other people to join your. Well, you have like six to join. Yeah, like five people. Yeah, get a particular favorite person. I know you didn't play as it because the AI controls the other two. They kind of, they kind of just stand there and catch and balls. The, and you can swap out your party. You, you, you can, can play. You can play as any anybody. You can Otto's not locked in your party. He is the main character, but you can swap out anyone you want in your six. Mm-hmm. And I was like, meh. You know, I swapped him out sometimes just for aesthetic, just to have something different to look at on screen. Yeah, that's really all I did it. But one of the characters was. Um, can't remember his name, but he looked like Kuwabara, and he was oh, yes. trying I just, so. I just called him Kuwabara. Yeah, me too. I could, I don't remember his name to save me, uh, but he was trying so hard to be like uh, cool. Well, I think he was trying to be a yakuza because he called he. And I only again, I only know the name, the term from having played yakuza and listened to in like a little Japanese. But at a certain point, he won't. Not, not, not Anaki, whatever it's called. Anaki. Anaki. Yeah. He calls you his Anaki, which is, I think, means like, you know, elder, superior brother, kind of something like that. It was a title of respect. And he was like, I always treat my. my and because he gets kind of misinformed and goes against you for a good chunk of the beginning. And then, you, of course, you do that. Oh, you. You literally catch a dodgeball before it hits his face. And he's like, Why'd you do that? He's like, Because you're my friend. He's like, But I hate you. And I tried to beat you up a second ago he's like yeah but you did it under the false pretenses so i don't actually think you hate me he's like oh you're anarchy. a true you're a true anarchy it's kind of real funny it was fun yeah and then there's like some like haunted dodgeball ghosts and stuff like that yeah, there's dodgeball ghosts there's a weird vampire girl like there's just like everything this kind of has, has every everything it would be there's f- the robots of course the, the weird robot invasion chapter is just like it's bonkers <laughs> yeah but yeah, I don't want to like talk about it too much more. You think we're that's good. I, mean, I think it's worth uh, worth getting, worth playing. Of course, uh, you, people might actually enjoy it more. Like I think if you play without, you want to play like a, a good challenging kind of thing. I think it would be challenging if you just played it because you can actually change the. You can actually, I think you can lower your damage and like increase the damage you take. Like you can make, you can act, I think the accessibility goes both ways. Yeah, I think you can so make too. it. You can make it harder if you want to, and like I think you can really. Even maybe there's not that much depth, but there's like lots of different kinds of balls that come flying through in different patterns. You can catch, like you can catch for balls and throw them back, and then you can have other characters counter, like counter, like kick balls back. There's a lot of mechanics I think that can make oh, this yeah. a lot of fun for somebody who's really interested in like really digging into the combat system, quote unquote. See, so, yeah, because you, so you can get more out of it, more out of it than like that. That we, we weren't interested in doing that per se, but there's a lot of that in the game if you want to really spend a lot more time with the game. The, <clears throat> I, I wanted it to be dodgeball, but like you said, mechanics are fairly deep with the catching and the different elements and healing and casting yeah. shields on your people. And then I think there are items you can use. And the, we even talk about the equipment system. There's a whole equipment system mm-hmm. that affects you know healing damages. But the main ones that we used are there was there's one that so it was kind of cool that the guy tells us because we haven't really using accessibility. There's one that increases your health by half and gives you a boost in power. And there's another one you equip beside that that reduces your health to one and increases your power by like 200%. So you're already like 
annihilating annihilating stuff. Sometimes every now and then sometimes someone will survive a hit just barely. Or something will catch oh, the ball. Or they catch the ball. <laughs> but when you do that extra boost of those two it's like two nasty pair of underwear. I think like wear it's like, like torn pair of underwear and then nasty pair of underwear. Yeah, so those like do that. Uh but then that then that at that point you're really just like killing everything in one hit. So it's pretty cool. Um, uh, like I said, mine was nine and a half hours, hundred percent achievements. Mine was like right a little a little under twelve, I think, but it's fine. It said pausing and yeah. reading the guide and walking the dumb dogs that I love so much. Uh, normally twenty four ninety nine. I mean, but if you're digging deep, you think? If you're, I, don't know, I, 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 I think I think twenty or, or I, even fifty. I think fifty might be. I think twenty would be perfect. Twenty is a little little maybe good because there's a lot more. Like you can get more than nine and a half hours out of this. Oh yeah, for sure. Like if you're just like we were we were like reading the story, one hitting everybody. So if you really really dig into the combat, you can get more of this. Twenty five just seems high for a little indie little, you know, little game like this. Yeah. Twenty five dollars just seems really high. We we didn't pay nothing for it. So we don't get twenty about the twenty dollar range. I'd say maybe. 20, twenty. If you can get it for twenty or less, it's perfect. Yeah. Of course, always try for less because you know. We're why? all cheap. <laughs> yeah, we're all frugal. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much. I think I think it's definitely a, a fun. Sometimes cute, just uh, it's a fun cast of characters that I'll, I'm always gonna remember that. I always remember that I, I, I played this game. I look forward to whatever, whatever they, whatever they make next. I'll, I'll try that Ninja, Ninja Clash yeah. of Carrots. Clash of Carrots probably probably be on. It might come in Game Pass as well because a Dodgeball Academia launched launched on Game Pass actually, so it's pretty neat. Uh, with that, we are done with games for today, but we'll spend a, a couple of minutes. Uh, sharing a band I'm actually every time I think I'm running out of bands to really share I'll just stumble upon one or I'll hear a song or Blake will point something out and I'll be like man I can't believe I haven't done that band yet and I did that the other day with uh, this band called Parabell which I'm a pretty pretty big fan a bigger fan of this band than I realized sometimes when I started listening to the albums again I was like man I should listen to this more often which has happened to a lot of bands with me uh, Parabell is pretty cool. They're uh, kind of important uh, because there was a time when a band Evans Blue was really, really famous. Like they, Evans Blue hit hit it off really big, like one or two albums. Yeah. And there was this weird—I uh, can't remember what it was—but it ended up being where the singer of that band left, and uh, they got a, a different singer. That's a story for another day. But the singer for Evans Blue, uh, Kevin Math- Matheson, how you say his last name? Mm-hmm. He went on to gather up some folks and make Parabell instead, and do his own, do his own thing with Parabell. Uh, he has a very uh, distinct voice. I feel like if you've heard it, heard his, if you heard Evans the certain really popular Evans Blue songs, you would know his voice. I think he's re- really good. Maybe sometimes too high of a singer. Maybe we can speak. You can say that about Cody and Cambria and a couple couple of other folks like Thank You Scientist, which I haven't played on the podcast either. But I like them quite a bit. We've actually, I've actually, I think I may have bought all their albums as a support, supporting him in the band. I remember being like on the first like um, hundred, hundred purchasers of their initial double album because I was following uh, the little kind of the Evans Blue breakup and oh, then yeah. his stuff. So I was actually, I was like the first hundred purchasers of a. Uh, that a uh, double album because I have it signed by the band. Like this, only the first hundred got it signed by the band. So I still have that line around here, around here somewhere, and it's behind you. I don't know where it's at, but then I've, I've bought a couple of other. It's right there. Oh, it's actually right there in front of me. 
So that's right there. That's the double album signed by the band. I mean, I'm looking right at it. That's like I'm some, an, I'm an idiot. the Summit Borderline or whatever. Summit Borderline and uh, Drop Oceanic. It's pretty cool. They opened with a, a double album. But yeah, they're uh, pretty cool. They have five albums now. They're actually, uh, this has been a long time. I forget somebody's been around as long as they have because they, they're a Canadian band that started all the way back in 2007. We've actually managed to uh, see them live. Uh, one time, but it was a weird situation where I don't know why, cause they had their, they had, they had their double album out, but they were only, they like spent the whole night mostly playing Evans blue songs. Well, he had which just, I, which won, I found, which I found disappointing. He, he well, I think he was basically just shoving it in their face that he won the legal dispute. Well, he, he, I, I don't know if it was that he owned the songs. Yeah, but they tried to sue him, but he's like, I, they're mine. Well, he was, and they, they ruled in his favor. Yeah, so he had the rights to all the Evans Blue songs that he wrote. But the whole night, though, was like, we went there to see, you know, Parabell stuff, and he would, and it was a whole night of, they made it played like, Conversation Ends, and Probably. a couple of things like that, but they really just played a whole lot of Evans Blue that night, so we never actually really got to see a Parabell show yet that where they play their own stuff. And we had a chance to see them since then, so I'm hoping maybe they'll, they're touring on and on and off again right now. But... I'm not going to go on and on and on about this because it's hard to dig deep into this kind of stuff. Uh, some other day we might talk about the other singer for Evans Blue took over. Another guy took over with Evans Blue. We kind of avoided him for a long time just because we're, we were kids and childish about how oh, this guy can't be no good because he took he just took the place of Kevin on 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 whatever. Yeah. There's some pretty good Evans Blue albums with that singer, and then he later went to uh, do an album with like all the like. There was this one one time where uh, there was like not a not a new Disturbed album for a couple of years, so like uh, it was a weird thing. Even David Jamin said he wouldn't do it again, but David did like a solo thing called Device, and the rest of the members of Disturbed went and made a, with that singer made a. Uh, uh, album another rock album that's the uh, what, what, what are they called last I'm to know eraser uh oh my god no, yeah no. I'm, <clears throat> I'm blanking on it right now i can find it oh, give me 15 seconds for my stuff to pull up yeah uh god i can't believe i can forget who it was i'll find it for you will uh life by design uh yeah, that they did a band called a one a one off band called Fight or Flight with an album called Life, a Life by Design. Yeah. Uh, turned out to be a really cool album. We actually heard that first, and then went backwards to go listen to the Evans Blue albums that the dude the, the dude did. So we we had like a weird, like we were mean mean kind of mean to the guy because we're just kind of you know, sometimes you're childish when you're a teenager about things like that happen. But anyway. Lots of cool stuff. So you can, you kind of get a, a double whammy there. Like I'm I'm really promoting Parabelle, but you can actually take, you can listen to the uh, first couple. I think it's two two Evans Blue albums that include Kevin, and then there, there's a couple albums after that with a different singer. Listen to all that stuff too. I might play it at some point, and then eventually you know we, we, we soak in all of that and go listen to that Fight or Flight album because it's it's really cool. It sounds like it sounds like Disturbed kind of, but with like a different singer. It's very strange. How, how they ended up doing all that stuff. It's a weird, there's a lot of weird history with all this stuff. But I picked a song from the album, the 2012 album called Your Starry Eyes Will Never Make Us Even. 
Yes, it's a very long name. He always put really long names into his Evans Blue albums, I think, and some of his track titles. But with that long, really long album title, I picked a song just called Whisper. The other day, we were, we were, we were just driving, listening to Parabell, and that song just come on, and I was like, man, I love this song. This is like really good. I could listen to it two or three times in a row. So I'm going to play Whisper. Uh, with that, I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm done. I don't, I don't got anything else to say about this. Do you have any, any other thing, things about Parabell? I know you remember that show that night. I remember that show and being slightly disappointed, but that was also one of the, did you talk about that? Is like, it was one of the first times that I was at a concert. It was a small, small venue. It's a popular venue here in Nashville called yeah, Exit Inn. Yeah. It was the first time I, I, I was at a show. He literally, you know, just finishing and he's like, all right, everybody have a good night. And then jumped off stage and started shaking people's hands. Just dropped the mic and because exit in, you're on like the state. You're standing at the stage. He just dropped the mic and just stepped off the stage and started shaking hands and saying hi to people and stuff like that. It, it was, was a, phenomenal. It was pretty cool. I also remember that poor guitarist who slipped in a slipped into some water or something. Oh, in the middle of he the was, show, he was jamming and he like slipped in some water and fell. But like he kind of hopped up. It was kind of like you see in his face. It hurt. Like it, it hurt he, bad. He fell hard, but he kept on playing. But he kept on playing. The you song, can't but, stop. He couldn't stop it. It was just like giant, brutal fall. I think they were rocking out so hard because if you've been to any show, especially like smaller venues, they have water bottles all over the place because they're hot, sweaty, and I think they're just rocking out so hard it it it, it, it fell over and it poured across the stage and he, I'm talking cartoon slipped. Yeah, it was and he bad. fell down hard. All this while we haven't seen them come back and play Exit in ever again. Maybe not. Yeah. Who knows? I'd like to see them again. Yeah. If they came back, I'd go see because we we, yeah. we we try to like oh we've seen that band it's kind of hard to go, but there's a lot of bands we've seen lots of times but yeah. this is a band we've only seen once so I would I would go see them again and it for was sure. like you said it was more of a Evans Blue as opposed to a pair yeah pair so bell. anyway uh, again like I said in the beginning uh, the, the I think the most fun and biggest thing we're doing right now is our our Twitch channel mm-hmm. so we appreciate some folks come out there and hang out with this and see the and ha- experience some Dark Souls three with this with Dark Souls three. Uh, when we beat it, we plan on doing it with, with anything we anything any game we beat as a me Blake and Brian together. We beat it. We're going to do a episode of the podcast about it. So those the, the, those will be sporadic. Those will, will be more sporadic and somewhat random. I'll go ahead and maybe semi because I announce it here. We are planning on our next episode being the first of those episodes. So we'll see how we're, we're going to plan it out and try to get it uh, recorded and stuff like that in the next couple of weeks. But we're doing. The first thing we sat down and played together, we weren't, we didn't have, we have the channel really set up for it, but we did play all the way, we did stream and play all the way through, uh, one run, mind you, one one beginning to finish run of, uh, Back for Blood. So if you've played Back for Blood, you'll know that uh, we're, I'm going to say too much about it now because we, we'll, we'll talk about it in the episode. But our next episode of the podcast should be with you know, if you had, if you haven't watched the videos or the streams, and you'll be hearing our cousin Brian for the first time. We'll be we'll be discussing. Uh, our experience together with uh, Back for Blood, and eventually you won't. There won't be another one of those episodes until we get all the way through, uh, all the way the rest of the way through Dark Souls Three. We probably should have done this episode, other episode sooner, but like we tried not to like put too many thing, too many weird things. Like we we just had a guest. Anyway, I'm not going to all the all the bull crap. Yeah. Sometimes it seems like we don't plan this podcast, and 95% of the time we don't plan this podcast. But every now and then there's a couple of things that line up where we have to plan things a certain way so it seems less confusing than it is. Yeah. And we're trying. <laughs> so that's what you get a little bit, little background of a couple of things we have, a couple of things we have planned out, a couple of fun things we're doing. But the streams are super fun. We're having a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and a, and a real good time 
uh, doing it. So you should definitely come to the streams whenever you can uh, because of our lives and kids and all that, all the stuff. Uh, there's no schedule to our streams. Your best bet is to just follow us at twitch.tv forward slash two smoking controllers or follow us on the Twitter and all that fun stuff. Cause I post all these things and the best bet is to just occasionally drop in. We do it mostly during the week, kind of later night. So if you, if you're getting away from your kids or you're free one night, just drop in, hang out and watch us get ourselves murdered. And uh, Dark Souls 3, because that's always fun. And we beat Dark Souls 3, we're going to move on to another. We're discussing some other games to move on to. So there's always going to be a bit of a uh, swap around. And I, I don't really usually mention it, but the we do rotate uh, the stream. Like uh, each night, each time we stream is a different person. I'll stream one night, then Blake streams, then Brian streams. So every night you watch it, is uh, you're seeing from a, a different point of view. Same game, but from a different perspective of who's playing. As you can see our varying degrees of... Skill, skill. Uh, yeah, we'll just say that. We'll say skill. Uh, <laughs> whether that's good or bad, we'll, we'll leave that up to you. I say mostly bad in Dark Souls for all three of us. Yeah, uh, but that's all I have. So uh, thank you for listening. Oh, I forgot. Don't forget. Thank Devious Pixel for doing the art for our podcast. Go back to our last guest episode. You actually hear Devious Pixel talk about art and his life and cool stuff like that. Very cool. Thank you, Maladin. Yeah, Maladin. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I want to say Maladin. His real name is Maladin. Thank you, uh, Jared Jones of Emerge, for letting us ha- letting us use the song "Letting Go" from their album for our intro song. Now it's one of the coolest things we have. Uh, they're uh, touring uh, more locally right now, but if you follow them on Facebook and Twitter, keep an eye on Emerge. That they're they're doing tours right now. Touring like that sometimes means getting ready for new music. So get, you know get, get you know get a handle on the band and get you know get. So listen to them and support them and stuff like that. Go see them live if you can. They, they live a few hours away from us, so we, we didn't go to that last show. We should have probably, but should have made it happen. Maybe we'll do it. Surely they'll come back to Nashville. They always do. I'm sure. But that's all I have. Uh, when Blake says his piece, you're going to hear Parabell with the song Whisper. I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night.